This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am what's left of my voice, Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 11th, episode 2136, brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. And on today's show, we are going to do a review of Captain Marvel because I went to see it on International Woman's Day, which was awesome. (laughs) Great day. Uh, Equestrian First World Problems. We're going to hear from y'all about the things that are plaguing you. It's very sad. Amanda Anderson is going to come on and answer listener saddle fit questions. And then Leslie Wiley from Horse Nation. Here we go. Very good. And first up, I we w- had a chance. I got home from PodFest on late Saturday night and then had a chance yesterday to go over to the last day of the biggest driving competition in the United States, Live Oak International, over at Chester Weber's little 4,000-acre farm. And uh, we uh, had the results that I expected in the four in hand. And, of course, this was a combined driving event, which means they do dressage, they do marathon, and then they do cones on the last day. And Chester secured his 16th four in hand national championship title. Uh, so obviously he's doing something wrong because you know. <laughs> 16 but th- in this a is row. his house. It's his farm. It doesn't matter. EDM will better dominate. <laughs> he's okay? really good. In I mean, my it's, house. It's like top three in the world. He's really good. But Misty yeah. Wrigley Miller was right behind him, capping off her weekend with the reserve champion title. And Misty's a good friend of the show, been on many times. Paul May, who was our spotlight driver for the World Equestrian Games, uh, came in third place in the four in hand. So that was exciting. There was another national championship, and that was of uh, the pairs combined driving. And Steve Wilson won that. He's been on our show, Wendy and I show many, many times. And then they also do jumping, and they also have a big jumping classes there uh, in the afternoons. They do driving in the mornings and jumping in the afternoons. And they had a 17-year-old, Brian, I would just say his last name, M-O-G-G-R-E, Mugri? Don't know. Uh, Brian is 17 years old and won the $100,000 FEI Jumping World Cup. Now Somebody's getting college paid for it. Can you even imagine yourself at 17 winning the $100,000 class? You know what I can't imagine is at 17 having the drive and consistency to do anything that would put me in the running to win $100,000. <laughs> Including you know I mean? jumping jumps that big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, you get 17 years old. I'm like, squirrel. This guy's like, focus. <laughs> well, you were probably into guys a good bit. And we're going to talk about that later with Leslie. So there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> daily winning time. I did want to acknowledge that our wonderful producer, Jemmy, is with us today, but because of PodFest and a seven-year-old's birthday party all day yesterday, she can't speak. She has lost her voice. Um, she sounds so, really sad, like she's like depressed. Like, I can't talk. I can't talk right now. Turns out so, she just partied too hard. left of my soul. <laughs> If I went to a birthday party all day for a seven-year-old with other, I would be, I have nothing left of my soul either. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my daily winnie goes out. To one of our good friends, and everybody knows him, Guy McLean. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Guy. And also, auditor Rachel Wallace. It's her birthday today, too. So I feel like you're missing one from the weekend. You're going to get in trouble. I looked. I tried to get all those on Friday. If I missed your birthday, well, happy birthday to you, too. Happy birthday <laughs> to the whole world. It's everybody's birthday today. Okay, so not only did I get to meet one of our awesome auditors over the weekend, she also brought vodka. Okay, so <laughs> April Kamik came over to my house yesterday with her husband and her three beautiful uh, girls. One is going to college, and they're they're on a trip through the country to go visit colleges. Apparently she has like a superstar track running daughter who has been offered scholarships at many schools. And like April said, she's auctioning her daughter off to the highest bidder. And so they're driving all the way up to South Dakota from South Texas to go look at schools along the way. One was here in Oklahoma. So anyway, it was really sweet to meet them. And of course they brought me vodka and they brought Chad Jack Daniels. So of course, you know, we have to, Take the top so you off had a long takes, weekend, huh? <laughs> we, they did some swigs. We kind of passed the handle around a little bit, you know? So anyway, it was really, really fun. And um, hopefully they come back by on the way back and, and see uh, a baby. Well, Rich reminds me. We have breaking news from Full Watch 2019. Jamie Jennings reporting. That's no baby yet. What? <laughs> no baby. She's that, overdue. I, she's overdue now. And I love that somebody posted like a pie chart of things that, oh gosh, I need to find it. It's a pie chart of things that overdue horses do during the day. And one, the, the like largest piece of the pie chart was have their teats and vagina looked at. <laughs> <laughs> the rest was like, you know, eat. Has that been sleep. happening? Have you been out checking oh every five God. minutes? <laughs> Oh, God. And and what's torturous is that I have no full camera because we have no internet yet, especially uh, supposedly today. But then I won't even get a full camera. I think she's going to go tonight if I was to guess. Um, And what's great is my little friend and my little student, Abby, is coming in town because it's spring break. And I think Pink has been waiting for Abby. So nothing yet. Dear God, all I do is (laughs) clean straw stalls. And look at hoo-hahs and nipples. <laughs> so true. God. Ridiculous. Well, if you get your internet hooked up today, you need to get that full cover installed immediately. 
I know. Well, I don't have one anymore. I, I, I only, I couldn't tell you where in a move I oh, put that gone. stupid thing and <laughs> yeah, that's gone. So I, I, you know, Chad actually had a great idea because now we have electricity in the barn and lights. We can actually, he's like, why don't you FaceTime me and we'll leave your phone in the barn, like pointing down into the stall and FaceTime all night long. Do you see any potential problems with that? No, none at all. No, no. Nothing like you're. Are you being sarcastic? Because uh, I'm. I, I. I like. I hesitate to think that that's a good idea. But <laughs> so, like, something is making me think mm, that seems like it's not a very good I idea. I could see one of the horses banging the wall, it falling down into this, and then creating crushed. Oh, I duct taped that. Thing. Come on. <laughs> well, I. You know, you'd it. have to plug it in because it's certainly not going to last that long. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, well, but I, I, it might work, except that every time you know you use FaceTime, you seem to get cut off for some reason. So there's that. But yeah, well, I'm really tired of getting up at like two and four and walking out last night into the pouring down rain to go check her twice. You so know, that's fine. that's a good experiment. Why don't you do that? And then we, then we can use it on horse tip daily as a tip. So okay. give that a try tonight and let us know how it goes. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, uh, over the weekend, there was a little movie came out. And that little yes. movie that came out uh, grossed $151 million. It is the largest or the best opening for a, woman, or for a movie with a female lead in the history of movies. And that was Captain Marvel's. And you went to saw it, see it. God, I can't talk of today. Of course. My son is five and a half, and everything Avengers is the greatest. And actually, one of our friends sent him from Arizona, sent him a Captain Marvel action figure. But it more looks like a Captain Marvel doll because it's like a Barbie, but Captain Marvel <laughs> Barbie. And now my five and a half year old son is walking around with like what looks like a Barbie. <laughs> and, and he loves it. And I'm not going to say there's anything. I'm like, great, cool, carry it around. And he's like smoothing his hair and. <laughs> <laughs> like yes chad's like what is that i'm like don't say a word <laughs> he has his captain marvel and you leave him alone anyway so we took said captain marvel action figure because he called it a doll and i'm like how come it's a doll when all your other ones are action figures because they're guys and so girls have to be dolls and boys are action figures he goes mom it has real hair it's a doll <laughs> <laughs> so he gets it it's cool it's cool and he doesn't care he still loves it so anyway, we went to it and I went with my brother who is a movie critic and has been like a published movie critic for many, many years. Uh, and then Chad, Lucas and myself, we sat in that order of Josh, Lucas, Chad and me. So I'm on the end by myself and was undisturbed. Apparently when you sit next to a five and a half year old during the difference between PG and PG-13 is the amount of questions that your child asks. What the guy do? What did the guy say? What did the guy say when I said what the guy say? What's he doing now? <laughs> like, that's, so I didn't have to deal with that. So I got to focus on the movie. Am I right, Jimmy, or am I right? It's true. PG-13, you just answer questions. So I that's am... so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sit there and watch the whole thing kind of unencumbered. And I... It's a, it's a story and it's a movie and it's a lot of the, kind of the Marvel world backstory and you have to kind of, it took place in 1995. So there's a lot of cool, the music and it was amazing. The pop culture references are very much on point to like when I was in high school. So I got everything. 
And I really, really enjoyed it. And there's times, there's some things that like fit together with other Marvel movies. They always do that. There was an amazing, like I cried at the very beginning because they did this tribute to Stan Lee and it was just beautiful. And and then I started clapping at the end of the tribute and like then the whole theater started clapping. So that was awesome. I was like, I started this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> so the movie comes on and for new personally, listeners, Jamie doesn't like to take credit for anything. Um, she's I very, did that. <laughs> I started, I did that. I did that. Um, no, I'm not, I'm just not, I don't embarrass very well in crowds of people. So <laughs> it's not much of a filter anyway. Um, so I thought the movie was fantastic. I enjoyed it. It's a Marvel movie. It's a superhero movie. You know, you have to suspend belief. Did they destroy uh, New York again? No. Chad did okay. not like it because they made white men the bad guys. Oh. <laughs> He's like, and, and white military men were like the bad guys. So he didn't like it because of that. And then Lucas, down the row, loved it. Oh, my God. We Lucas and I left like, Captain Marvel is the best! <laughs> yes! We loved it. We loved it. We loved it. Then my m- movie critic brother, Josh, he goes, nah. They lost me because they said the movie was in 1995 and then they played R.E.M.'s Man on the Moon, which was released in 1999. <laughs> and so I, I was out. <laughs> like, you're such a nerd. He's the only it. one in the theater that knew that. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, you're the only one in the theater who got that. He was like, uh, seriously, R.E.M.'s an Atlanta band. He was like, how does everybody not know that, that R.E.M. released Man on the Moon in 1999? Like, you suck. Uh, so... <laughs> It was two to two. Two of us loved it, and two of them didn't like it. So, obviously, I tend to want to enjoy movies like that. So I go into the into with like a very excited, um, kind of open mind, I guess. Too. So, side note, I also saw the Green Book last week with my mom, and the Green Book. Definitely should have won Best Picture, which it did. It was utterly fabulous, amazing. Green Book, definitely see that. Go see Captain Marvel too. It was awesome. Girl power in Captain Marvel, <laughs> not in Green Book. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you liked that. We're we're looking forward to go and see it too. I gotta. It's it's Marvel. You gotta go. It's required. You gotta go. It's Marvel, and it's a girl like. Just like Black Panther, where we had the first African-American-led, you know, superhero movie. Now we have the first woman-led Marvel superhero movie. Obviously, Wonder Woman, you know, kind of beat out uh, Captain Marvel in the time frame of that. But, I mean, how great is it that we have women leads in Hollywood? I just, I'm just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, yes, the white guys were the bad guys. (laughs) Stupid white military men. I can see why Chad was insulted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was now like, he knows how we feel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was like oh, I'm sure he heard that, that from his wife over the weekend. <laughs> it was more specifically fighter pilot. White fighter pilots are terrible. <laughs> so, oh, so I was like, too, why are the white fighter pilots? Yeah, look, why are the white fighter pilots the bad guys? I'm like, because you guys are assholes. <laughs> it's true. I live with you. It is not a stretch. I'm like, not. So I got to ask you, uh, oh, good, wait a minute, let me mention horse because we get in trouble every once in a while when we don't mention horse. Yes, we do There's talk no about horses, horses on this show. I was going to ask you, no horses at all? None. Okay. 
Right, no horses at all. So um, I got to ask you guys, though, before we move on to a question first world problems, where we will mention a horse, and then we're going to talk about saddle fitting. There'll be horses the rest of the show, people, but, you know, we all have lives outside of horses, and movies are one of them. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> a little bit. Um, we went to, I got to brag a little bit on, uh, on my co-host for the Finding Florida show. Jemmy, who is on here and can't talk. So we went to Podfest over the weekend. <laughs> I can't defend myself. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm doing this. Um, so we went to Podfest over the weekend, and I've been the opening keynote speaker there for five years since it started. And this year, uh, Jemmy joined me uh, for her first opening keynote, and she kicked butt. She, we got, we must have had 150, 200 people come up to us after about how how inspiring we were and how they loved Jemmy. And uh, I just wanted to say how proud I am of our producer on the show today and my co-host. Uh, we, it, it just was, it was a good time, and I think we kicked butt there. We had a couple other sessions we did that. Uh, I think did very well, and we met a thousand people. We met a really cool guy, and a, <clears throat> two cool guys. But uh, I got to give a shout out because Mark, who we met from England, uh, is from he is works with the BBC, and we spent some time with him. We went out to lunch, and we went on the Orlando Eye. You know the great big Ferris wheel, Jamie. Uh, we did that for the first time. You know, the huge one like they have in London? Uh, they, the Orlando Eye. It's the great big Ferris wheel that goes like 500 feet in the air. Uh, uh, and then, like, they have the one in London. You see the London Eye all the time along the Thames there. Yes. Um, well, they had been on the London Eye, the two British guys. Uh, so they came with us on this one, along with a bunch of other podcasters, and we did it. And Jemmy has vertigo, but she survived. Uh, it goes very slow, oh and it's God, completely really? enclosed. It's I mean, it was fine, wasn't it, Jimmy? You, you, you survived. Uh, yeah, except when people, as a joke, kept being like, oh, Jimmy, look down at this. And I would look down because that's what you do when people say, look at this. And then I'd be like, damn it. <laughs> but that one's really cool, Jamie, because you can see Kennedy Space Center on the Atlantic coast, and you can see all the way to the Gulf Coast. From that spot, spot in Orlando, you can see from coast to coast. It is really cool. We had a good time doing that. We met a lot of fun people. But this guy works for the BBC. So when we go to London on vacation, I'm going to see if we can get a tour of the studios. Uh, that'd be cool. <clears throat> but it was fun. Uh, and I just wanted to say how proud I am of of, uh, of Jemmy and, and how well she did. Uh, good job. It was an honor to share the stage with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Oh, we had a good time. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and now... <laughs> We're He's gonna... one of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth. Earth. I mean, right. planet Earth is lucky to have him. <laughs> Remember that if you have a horse problem, it is a first world problem. And um, just keep in mind that all of these are submitted by our our auditors. If you want to become an auditor, go to Horse Radio and you will see it there. They click the button. It's like a dollar a month and you can join this awesomeness and you can contribute to the show in ways like Lindsay did, which says, my horse grows such a nice winter coat that she doesn't need a blanket most of the winter. But when it gets muddy, she has that much more hair for mud to stick to and now I have a giant mud bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard him call a mud bunny. I like it. <laughs> Um, and sort of in that same vein, it's Aaron says it's getting too warm for my horse to wear all of his cute blankets. Oh, 
That is a problem. You know what? I pink. Uh, my broodmare has a nice rain sheet, and I tried to put it on because it's been raining for like I don't know a week, and I put the rain sheet on her, and now the I've got the straps all the way extended, and they're too small. <laughs> so does it look like a tent goes straight out at the sides? <laughs> oh god, you can't even buckle. I had to take it off. I was like, just stay out of the rain because you're too big. No, have the damn baby, and this thing will fit again. Motivation. <laughs> Um, Laura says that my new to me saddle is black, but all my other tech is brown and I can't find a Western headstall in black that I like. Girl, you got a black Western saddle? I've like never seen a nice black Western saddle. That's true. You have a first world problem. That's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. Come to think about it, there aren't. I don't remember seeing them either. You can have those like Wintech black saddles, you know, that's about it though. Yeah. Oh, Laura, you're screwed. Um, Nicole <laughs> says it's finally a beautiful day to ride, but my horse was too muddy to actually curry, so she had to get a bath instead. Oh, oh my god, that's awful so, when they're too muddy to curry too, because it's nothing. You're just rubbing it in. <laughs> just, you just rub yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, mm, maybe I'll just ride bareback. <laughs> uh, T, this is funny. TJ says that I love my old truck. It like hugs me when I get in, but it's really, really old. And now my husband is insisting that I get a new one. <laughs> Tough life. <laughs> Tough life. Nana says I bought a new purple pony saddle pad for my daughter, but now she only wants to sleep on it instead of actually riding her pony. The shedding and the mud is a a theme today, but she says, Carrie says, my gray horse is shedding. And now my barn clothes, they're black, but now I feel like everybody is staring at me when I go to the grocery store after the barn. Yeah, they are. (laughs) They are, because you're covered in white hair. (laughs) Hillary said, I found a fancy French jump saddle and it fits me amazing. It's under budget. And it's only two years old, but I don't know if I should get it because it's black and I wanted it to be brown. <laughs> You're all are just pickles. That's <laughs> uh, Joy says it's my horse's birthday on Wednesday, but it's supposed to rain, which is totally going to ruin the birthday party that I had planned. <laughs> what is it with people having hor- birthday parties for their horses? I, was that always a thing when you were a kid? No, I don't remember it being a thing. Well, on I had a I had an off the track thoroughbred, and there was a lot of thoroughbreds and quarter horses in the boarding stable I grew up in. So we had like on Uh-oh, January first, we like give everybody carrots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your carrot. Stuff it in the bucket. But I mean, they're uh, doing cakes and balloons. And <laughs> it's all kinds of stuff. These now. are people that don't have children, and if they did have children, that they'd have those like my sweet sixteen birthday party, like yeah. but you'd be the four thousand dollar ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. Lorene says, and see what I did here, Lorene. She wrote, "I don't have a problem to share." So now Jamie won't read my post on horses in the morning because <laughs> <laughs> she has no problems. <laughs> Apparently, Lorene. Lorene's perfect. Uh, Emily says it's supposed to be nice weather here Wednesday, but that's the day I've scheduled an hour and a half massage and I won't have time for both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Allison says I really want to get the total saddle fit stability stirrups, which by the way are awesome, but the jump stirrups only come in brown and my saddle is black. You know, they'd make this thing called dye. 
You could fix that. Yeah. 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 That's one way you can go. You can die from brown to black. You can't go the other way. Well, I mean, the dressage ones are black. Does it really matter? Can you? Yeah. Well, size, I think length would be a problem, right? I don't know. Look it up. (laughs) Uh, Michelle says it was too cold to ride all of February. And now that it's finally getting warmer, there is too much snow falling off the arena roof. And my pony is too spooky. I want it to be colder. Have you ever (laughs) gotten hit by the snow? No, but uh, we had like some ice and it was cracking coming off the roof and it scared me worse than it scared the horses. I'm like, duck and run! We had a big (laughs) two-story bank barn, one of the big old Pennsylvania bank barns, right? And Mm -hmm. huge bank barn, used to be a cow barn. And when I did get hit the one day, fortunately it was just snow and not ice, but I was bringing one of the ponies out and we just walked out and it just hit us right as we were just underneath it. And let me tell you, that uh, pony was never the same. After that. <laughs> <laughs> neither was i <laughs> kimberly says i went to our local tech and feed shop to fill up our free horse treats jar and i ended up with a new purse <laughs> <laughs> of course gotta have some place to put the treats <laughs> kate says i assumed it would rain today so i made plans to go into town for dinner and a shopping day and the sun shined all damn day and i wasn't around my ponies <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Diane says now that I have five horses I have a hard time deciding which one I'm going to ride shit uh, <laughs> Cynthia says now if next she was weekend, dedicated she'd ride them all get, get on them all come That's on right. next weekend is the company ski outing says Cynthia all lodging and meals are free and the snow is incredible this year but if I go I'm going to have to take Friday and Monday off and I need to ride my three Frisian horses <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's nobody feeling for you right now. (laughs) That's why you come here to vent. Meta says the weather is beginning to finally change. So I'll be able to ride more, but I'm going to have to do some shopping because I have winter breaches and I have summer breaches, but I don't have any spring breaches. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. I totally do because I was like, I bought winter ones and like Sunday was 70 degrees, but with a little bit of cool wind. And it's like, I need a spring breach as opposed to my summer tights versus my winter breaches. I feel you. It's a problem. And then Mary says, keep in mind, Mary lives in Wyoming. I forgot that I shouldn't wear fleece when the ponies are shedding, but it's <laughs> still cold and I need to wear fleece. And why the hell are they shedding when I still need to wear fleece? <laughs> Don't ponies, they always do seem to shed before they should. It's a thing. All mine are shedding. I'm like, y'all, it is freezing cold. Stop shedding. Hold it. Actually, April's husband, the kids were petting uh, Pink, and they're like, her husband was like, stop petting them. You're going to get all the hair off of them. (laughs) They need it. (laughs) Like, they do. Um, Let's see. Final one. One more, yep. One more. Nelly says, I forgot my headphones at home. And so then I couldn't listen to horses in the morning while I was stuffing my face with the free breakfast buffet. We have at work every day. <laughs> the struggle is real. She had to like talk to other people she, during breakfast. She like and, uh, works at one of those big, big, big companies that serves yeah. free food all day. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like a craft services table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I've never worked for a company that had free food, just the vending machine. Yeah. Never had that luxury. The, when I first started at 
99X and Q100, which is a radio station in Atlanta, two of them. They had refrigerators all the way around the entire office that had beer in them. It was what? the most awesome beer. Only at a radio station would they ever radio serve station. beer all day. All day, beers <laughs> in the fridge. And then we got bought out by a new company and boom, all that. There gone. went the beer. <laughs> that was the first thing to go. They're like, pull out all these fridges and get the beers out of here. Now at radio stations, you don't even get free water. There's nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You don't even, your DJs are not live. They, everything is pre-recorded at this point because why pay somebody to sit there during the songs when we could just have them record for five seconds, you know, the, God, they barely have songs. a producer. It's all just recorded. It's just- I did. I did entire weekend shifts. I bet people thought I, that poor girl has been sitting in that booth for two days. And it turns out, nope, I finished that in two hours. So they only had to pay me for two hours. <laughs> I edited it myself. That was pink. Okay, coming up next, it's Maroon 5. There you go. Actually, coming up next, we're going to talk about saddle fitting. But first, we have to hear about Omega Alpha. Omega Alpha Equine is the thing to do. I would like to point out that when you get a new horse, and I've said this before, uh, when you get a new horse, the thing you've got to do to get your horse to where you actually can see what you have. You know, a lot of times horses, especially when I get them, they come off the track or they come super stressed or they're, uh, you know, need rehabilitation. The first thing I will do is put them on a product that Omega Alpha has called, drum roll please, Biotic 8. It's the probiotics and prebiotics that your horse needs to just kind of get everything in their gut back to normal, get the flora and I don't know, the fauna, <laughs> whatever, to get everything kind of settled in and get everything back to normal. I'm not kidding you. I got Groot off the track and then I got Drax off the track and both of them, like Drax came fairly tucked up. I mean, he was very recently uh, at the track and just by putting the biotic eight in his feed, one little scoop twice a day, cause I give him grain twice a day cause he's so thin his coat. How does our winter coat improve? I don't know, but his winter coat has improved. You know, he always had a pretty good attitude, so I didn't have to worry about that, but his, he just, he just looks brighter and better. And I'm not kidding you just to start them with that product. Biotic eight. It's easy. I know that you get mad, but you can actually just Google it and you can find the closest place to get it. And they will send it to you and right, right to your door. And you just get, give it to your horses and, and you'll see a big difference. I, I mean, I really think that like the vet that I had, came out when, before she started ignoring me. Uh, she came out and she said, Oh, you know, I had a couple sick horses. She goes, this is going to sound weird, but do you have any probiotics? And I was like, do I? Yes. And she's like, <laughs> okay, give them that. And I said, well, I've got Omega alpha. She goes, Oh, that's the good one. Yeah. Use that. I was like, thanks. So anyway, omegaalpha.com is what, where you can find it. It's called biotic eight. And I'm a big fan. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's take uh, let's go to our next guest. Some of our auditors have requested that we get a saddle fitter on to talk about proper saddle fit. And auditor Tiffany suggested Amanda Anderson of SaddleFitting.us. Amanda has certifications in human and equine anatomy and bodywork, saddle fitting, and degrees in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, she also is a German and UK trained saddle fitter, a certified equine sports massage therapist, and a USDA. Bronze medalist. So she knows nothing about saddle fitting at all. Good morning, Amanda. 
Good morning. How are you? I was going to do the rest of your bio, but it would have taken the whole time and we wouldn't have been able to ask you any questions at all. So I just thought I'd stick with that. Um, So we're glad to have you on. This is one of the things that we've been requested the most of. And we have listeners that are English and Western. Our listeners are a little bit of everything from all around the world, endurance, uh, Arabian, just all kinds of things. And I got to tell you, Amanda, we, if you don't mind, we have, we asked for listener questions and we got about a thousand of them. So if you you don't mind, let's, would you mind if we just started asking the listener questions? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, So Tiffany, who, who got us to you, wanted to know what are some of the behaviors our horses might be showing me that lead into calling a saddle fitter, which I thought would be an appropriate first question. Oh, perfect question. So the most common behavior I see is that when you're tacking the horse up, you're throwing the saddle blanket over, you're putting the saddle on, the horse is visibly trying to tell you that they have discomfort, meaning they're biting their chest, they're trying to bite you, they're kicking out, they're pinning their ears, just general signs of discomfort. Um, I have a lot of horses that are intact that fits them very well. Um, I put the saddle blanket over, I throw the saddle on, I girth it up, and there's zero response. They're eating their hay, they're comfortable. That's what we want to see. Not always. A lot of horses, especially off the track, have a lot of baggage. Um, Chestnut mares have a lot of baggage (laughs) for some reason. Um, Sometimes even when you get a saddle on that fits for years, they kind of continue that baggage. But we always take things contextually, meaning you should be palpating your horse's back. You should be currying your horse's back. If you're not getting a reaction from that and your saddle fitter says, hey, your saddle fits, everything's fine, your horse is going well, but they're still having a little bit of that baggage. Sometimes that can last. Um, But for the most part, usually it does go away over time, sometimes very quickly, um, and sometimes it takes about a year. And what do you see, you know, what's the most common problem that you see when you actually go out? So they've called you, they think they have a problem, but what's the most common problem that you see in Saddlefit? Um, In this area, we have a lot of inventors, and we have a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds. Um, and the typical off-the-track thoroughbred, of course, there's always your, your varied range. But in this area, we have a lot of very high-withered, very A-frame, narrow thoroughbreds. Um, and it's, it's not a well-understood, or I, should, I shouldn't say that, it's not a well-publicized um, thing that a lot of people want to put a saddle on that's too wide and then add a bunch of pads. Um, that that kind of goes one of two ways. If you have a saddle that is not a good fit, sometimes it's okay to go a little wider and then pad up. Um, but the best is obviously to get a saddle that fits the horse's shape really well and also fits the horse's width really well. So the number one thing I see is a lot of people want to put a too wide saddle on a high withered horse and then add a bunch of pads. That creates a lot of decent it destabilizes the saddle and you risk impacting the spine of the horse. So with the horses that have the exposed spine, it really does make very good sense. Both, you know, you're not going to spend a ton of money on that bills and you're not going to be unsafe and you're not going to hurt the horses to get a saddle that fits both the shape of the horse and the width of the horse. A lot of people think, Oh, I just need to go, you know, there's only narrow, medium and wide in saddle sizing, but there's so much more than that. Um, there's about 25 different parameters that we check. Um, and the one thing that goes with the width of the saddle is also the shape of the head plate. 
So there's three different head plate shapes. We have a U, which is um, what fits the high withered horses the best. We have a V head plate, which fits kind of the medium wide horses the best. And we have a hoop tree, which fits uh, the full blooded, um, muttony withered, super wide draft horses. So those two things go together. Um, and, and you really do need a saddle fitter to kind of help you help guide you in that respect. Um, well, we have a question from Richard. I've got so many questions from okay. him. I mean, like it was like 30, 40. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm just picking out a couple of them. Uh, Richard Great. says, I have a four-year-old Egyptian Arabian. I've heard they're hard to fit. What is the most important thing to look for when fitting a saddle? Important, the shape of the saddle on the horse. Uh, I just spoke about that. You can have the right width, but if the shape of the saddle doesn't fit a horse, um, it, it doesn't really matter. Everything kind of has to go together. Um, you know, people say to me, uh, I kind of, I kind of say like this, um, your shoe has to fit. You can have a six and a half foot, but say mountain horse doesn't fit your foot as well as Ariat does. So for me, I can put my foot into a six and a half Ariat. It doesn't matter what boot it is in area, my foot fits in that perfectly. But mm-hmm. in mountain horse, not saying anything bad about mountain horse, but I have to kind of struggle to find my placement. And it's not always the most comfortable when I walk around at the barns all day. Sure. So no, different are brands same. are going to, different brands are going to fit different. So if I'm looking at the saddle, uh, what do you, what do you mean by the shape? Okay. So basically everything that the saddle is built, Every different part of the saddle corresponds to every different part of the horse. So your head plate shape, meaning the hoop, the V, or the U, corresponds to the horse's withers. What is the wither shape? The width of the tree, which is the distance between the two metal bars that come down off the pommel, that corresponds to the horse's shape right where the trapezius and the latissimus kind of come together on just right behind the scapula. The, the curvature of the tree corresponds to the horse's, the curvature of the horse's back. The panels, which is what is stuffed with wool or has foam or has the care, those should match up to the horse's anatomy as well. The longitudinous dorsi muscle, um, they need to be that exact width. The gullet panel needs to be the width of the horse's spine. Not, it doesn't need to be super wide, but it can't be too narrow either. So there's all these different things that go together in the saddle to make it fit a particular horse. Now, there's not, it's not saying that, um, you know, one saddle brand can't fit multiple horses. There's a lot of custom saddle brands out there that can modify all those different pieces to make it fit a particular horse. Um, you know, like a, an Arabian is going to be usually quite different than a thoroughbred, but that's not saying that one saddle brand can't fit. You just might have to make different modifications. And that's really where an experienced saddle fitter comes in. Um, you know, I, I notice a lot of people try to do it themselves to save money. And really in the end, if you have a more difficult horse to fit, like a highway to thoroughbred or a very pudgy downhill sprung rib cage Arabian, um, you just, there's a lot of misconceptions and not a whole lot of information or at least good information out there for you to follow. It's all very confusing. And so finding somebody that is really knowledgeable that can kind of guide you, um, it's the best thing you can do 
it's usually not that much money. We usually charge between 90 and $200 to come out. Um, and it will just save you a ton of grief in the end. Yeah. And that's what uh, Danny says, uh, just to follow up on that, I feel like it's an appropriate mm-hmm. next question. When buying a saddle online with no trial, what are the things you should likely uh, look for to be sure of the fit? And I'm pretty sure you're going to say, don't do that. That's what I was going to say. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking a new saddle or a used saddle? I don't know. I just, I feel yeah. like like no trial available. You're kind of by your own risk kind of thing. But you if you are. do have a tracing Absolutely. of your horse's back, she also wants to know what's the most effective way to use that tracing when you're looking for a saddle. It's kind of okay. like buying a car so, without so. test driving it, isn't it? I mean, you don't know whether exactly. you like acceleration, the braking, the steering, the comfort. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. Um, what I do, I obviously work for a saddle company. I work for Steven. Um, and when someone says, hey, I really just can't afford a custom saddle, um, what should I get? What should I look for used? And I'll tell them, I'm like, hey, um, you know, ride in everything. Like, call your saddle fitter and or whatever brand that you want and ride in their demos pay them the money to ride in their demos because you need to know what you're going to get there's no sense in going out and buying a new or used saddle that you've absolutely never ridden in one because you don't know if it's going to fit you or your horse unless the saddle fitter says hey i think you should go get this saddle you've ridden in this um i'm fairly confident um the as far as the wither tracings go there's a lot of controversy about that. We take wither tracings when the horse is standing still in the cross ties with no weight of the rider. Um, there's between one and four different measurements. Usually you'll take it right behind the scapula. That's where you get that kind of U shape. And then they'll progressively go back. That gives you a general idea of what the horse looks like standing in the cross ties, not in collection. Um, I'll do it for my clients if they request it, but the true way to figure out if a saddle fits is you riding in it. Um, mm-hmm. the rider's weight has so much to do with saddle fit. A 60 pound kid is going to affect the saddle much less than a 250 pound adult. Um, and it's, it's kind of like when you go shoe shopping, right? You don't take an outline of your foot and stick it in shoes and go, Oh, I think that's going to fit. You go to the shoe store and you put those shoes on and you walk around. So that's how you really figure out if a saddle is going to fit. Truly, a saddle is the most influential piece of equipment you're ever going to buy in this sport. Mm. It is a piece of safety equipment and it is really worth it, both for your health, for everybody's health, um, and to keep the horse um, in good working condition for as long as possible, to spend as much money as possible on a saddle that I'm not saying you have to spend $8,000, but if you need to spend $4,000 on a saddle that's going to keep you safe on the cross-country course, um, I think it's worth it because, you know, medical insurance is not getting any cheaper. I don't care what they say. (laughs) You know, I did have the experience that you're talking about, which is I put my horse in a trailer. He was having some behaviors and uh, I put him in a trailer and I drove him to a saddle fitter. And she brought a ton of different saddles for me to try. And of course I, you know, there was $8,000 to $1,200 saddles. And I was like, Oh God, please don't, please don't be the eight. Please don't be the eight. Please don't be the eight. And of course I wanted something kind of in the middle. I had saved all this money and I was like, I want to get something nice. And he fit in like the cheapest one with like the worst leather. 
I was like, no, I wanted something better. So I bought that one. <laughs> I want something better, sticky leather. But yeah, that's what you get. So um, Carrie wants to know how often should a saddle be assessed by a fitter and be reflocked? Reflocked. That's a great question. Um, I see my clients between one time a year and six times a year. And it really just depends on the training of the horse, the intensity of the training, you know, how often are you riding? What kind of riding are you doing? Um, has the horse had a, a lengthy break? Um, is the saddle being ridden, you know, on multiple horses? Um, I have my backyard riders who ride, you know, three times a week for 45 minutes. Um, you know, they might take a lesson once a week. I'll see them once a year. If their saddle is a really good fit, sometimes all we're doing is like a 15 minute tune up. I'm just filling in some holes. I watch them go. Everything's great. Horse is going great. Bye. Um, I have my eventers who ride one saddle on four or five different horses. They ride every single day. The you're in people. Southern Pines. I used to live there. I get it's like the eventing Mecca in the winter. Oh, it is. It's wonderful. It's yeah, it's year round. It's just absolutely the best place on earth. Um, and these, I mean, these, these adventures are nuts. They are jumping things that, I mean, they're jumping things higher than my car. Um, and they, the saddles get a lot of wear. So what I'll do is I will see these horses and saddles, um, you know, between usually before big events. And then we do like a major tune up twice a year. Um, I've got a couple clients that are getting ready to go to uh, Land Rover. I'm getting ready to make sure that everything is good um, right before they go. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I would say there's quite a bit of a range. Your usual, someone who rides like me, I ride probably like four or five times a week. Um, I have my saddle looked at three times a year by one of my colleagues. So I think it's just a range. But one of the most important things to realize or to do is you need to be palpating your horse's back every single day. You need to be currying him every single day. And if there is discomfort under the saddle that lasts longer than, you know, one to two days or three or four days, depending on how often you see your horse, and it's pretty consistent under the saddle, that does signal a possible saddle issue. Um, horses are going to get sore and work. It's just like if you go to the gym, when I go do leg day, I, can't, I really can't walk two days later. Um, and, and that's normal. Um, and horses, when they do a heavy workout, they are going to get sore. And sometimes they do get sore under the saddle. But the thing we want to keep in mind is, are they consistently sore under the saddle despite body work? Because mm -hmm. if I go get a massage after leg day, I'm going to feel better. And then a couple days later, my legs aren't going to hurt at all. But if I'm wearing bad shoes, my feet are always going to hurt. So that's one of the things that riders really need to be proactive about is really get into your horse's back and know all of his muscles and put your hands on him every single day. Um, and that's really the best thing you can do for your horse. All right. I think we have time for one or two more, but I wanted to bring up saddle pads. Okay. Um, we okay. see people with 18 saddle pads, you know, they've stacked them up and, <laughs> you know, put them up and, you know, they're, they're every conglomeration. And I kind of think I feel like you know what you're going to say, but how do you feel about the 18 saddle pad people? Um, I think if you're a 30 pound kid on a cute little fat lead line horse, that's fine. Um, you know, obviously if you're a 30 pounds or 60 pounds, you don't need all those pads. Um, that's kind of, I'm actually getting ready to, to put a post up on my Instagram and my blog about that. Um, there is, there is a common 
saddle fitting theme about going wider and padding up because it's kinder for the horse. Um, and then we go back to what we were talking about kind of at the beginning of the podcast is um, if your saddle fits, if the shape of the saddle fits the horse, you really should put the saddle on the horse. Um, you know, there's, it's a piece of safety equipment. And so if you think about any other safety equipment or um, sports equipment, like marathon, sh- marathon runners, their shoes, they're pretty snug. You don't see a marathon runner buying a size, you know, nine when they need a size seven and putting a bunch of socks under it because they would have like crippling blisters. Uh, Football helmets, pretty snug. They're cushions, but they're snug um, and they're very form fitting. Um, Diving. I don't know if anyone else out there is a scuba diver, but you have what's called a buoyancy control device. It's a vest. That needs to be pretty snug or it can like drown you. Um, So there's a lot of different Sports equipment for active sports, which horseback riding is obviously a very active sport. And your equipment needs to be form-fitting and snug. It needs to fit. It has to fit the shape of the horse. Um, But getting the saddle that fits on the horse is the safest thing that you can do. When you start getting 18 pads underneath that saddle, you completely destabilize the saddle left to right. And so what I hate seeing out on the cross country course when they're jumping jumps that do not fall down is seeing the saddle, the back of the saddle. You see like when the horse goes over the jump, there's a foot of air behind the back of the saddle. That says to me that that saddle is not anywhere close to that horse's back. There are two metal bars that come down called tree points and they come down off of the pommel. Those are the legs of the saddle. Those are meant to be sitting close to the horse. They're meant to mimic his horse, the horse's shape so that there's no pressure point, but they need to be alongside the horse. It's basically like when you get on a horse, you don't take your legs off of them. You wrap your lower legs around the horse to stay on. And those are the legs of the saddle, those tree points. And so they need to be pretty close to the horse in order to maintain stability. A girth will hold the saddle on the horse's barrel, but I've seen riders that have all those pads, I've seen a saddle underneath the horse before um, and the riders on the ground and getting stepped on. So it's very important. We go back to the shape of the saddle really needs to fit the horse. And then you can put that saddle right on the horse's back. Um, back in the seventies, nobody used a saddle pad. If you look at all those old pictures, there was no saddle pads to be found and all those horses were fine. I know I've, I've heard Steven people say before that uh, no saddle pad if your saddle fits right, you don't need any pad. And, and a lot of those guys, Correct. you're right. In the old days, they never used any pad. The saddle was right on the and horse. And then you get uh-huh. nasty, sweaty leather up under there. <laughs> I prefer it. Don't try that at home. Listen, before right. we let you go. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Uh, I was just say, and then you actually have to clean your saddle. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, well, that's the really other thing. good idea every day. Gross. Who wants to do that? <laughs> um, so finally, before we let you go, uh, because we're running out of time, I want to ask you some, uh, one of the, our listeners wanted to know what's up with the billets. Okay. There's three on a jump saddle. And right. I, you know, when we were growing up, I thought, well, it's just a spare. That's not true. Is it? Um, you know, it can be, I, I would never ever say that you, you know, if you have a billet break, then, Hey, you do have a spare. Billet placement is designed to be, so where we put the billets on a saddle, like when I'm building a saddle uh, for a particular horse, 
I can put the billets pretty much wherever I want to. I mean, there's a certain rule. You need to have one kind of to the front and you need to have one either in the center or to the back. But what we're trying to do with billet placement is to get the front billet, the one towards the front of the saddle, as straight as possible so that the girth sits in the horse's girth groove. Um, the girth will always sit in the horse's girth groove. Not even Jesus could make it sit anywhere else. Um, and so if you have the front, <laughs> believe me, I would be so popular if I could get a, a girth to not sit in the girth groove on some of these horses. Um, <laughs> Like the Arabians with the girth groove that's right, like up underneath the elbow, and it's about an inch big. Yeah, those are, those that's are not any fun. Yeah, so um, we what we want is, as long as the front billet is straight, it's not going to drag your saddle either forward or back. Usually with the kind of the downhill Arabians, you'll see a saddle getting drug up over the scapula. And on the high wither thoroughbreds where, you know, the withers are a foot taller than the back of the, where the back of the saddle sits, the saddles are sliding back. And so what we try to do with billets when I have the choice, when I'm doing a custom saddle, is I'm placing those billets in, an, in a certain area to keep the saddle the most stable, but also to have that girth sitting right in that girth channel so that the saddle doesn't move around. Perfect. Well, that was the question was from Chantel. So let, thank you very much. Where can people get a hold of yeah. you? What is your Instagram, Facebook, anything like that? Let us know. Uh, I think I see it's saddlefitting.us. Yep. So my Instagram is saddlefitting.us. And then I have two Facebook business pages. One is saddlefitting.us. And it's basically that's, I post everything from Instagram onto saddlefitting.us. And then I have my Steuben business page, which is facebook.com Steuben NC. So S T U B B E N North Carolina NC. And I post some more Cuban stuff on there, but a lot of saddle fitting stuff as well. Well, Amanda Anderson, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy Southern Pines. It is definitely beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Amanda. It sounds like we're going to be having you back if you will. So (laughs) awesome. All right. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. I don't think we've had more questions than we did when we posted that this morning. I know we didn't get to them all, but uh, I tried. No, I, I I just tried to get some of the the more broad things. And knowing that she's a Steuben saddle fitter, I wasn't going to ask her what brands she. Well, actually, she fits. Uh, she does talk about all saddles, though. I noticed uh, when you go to her, your website, she's she you know she fits almost anything. Uh, so she does do that. I did notice that. Well, um, we are going to be heading over to Leslie here shortly, and I thought I had a song all queued up. And um, I need a song. I I, I did. I want to hear I, a song. I thought I had one right here. Now hold on. Give me two seconds. All right. Give me two seconds. We're going to say goodbye, actually, to um, we're going to say goodbye to Jemmy because she's cutting out to do other work uh, while we get Leslie on. So thank you, Jemmy. I hope your voice gets better. She can't talk anyway. So I'm going to be Jemmy. I'm going to be Jemmy. Oh, my God. Guys. Guys. Thank you so much. It's been so fun today. I love y'all so much. You're amazing. And I just am so happy to work for this company and to be a part of the show because this is clearly the best part of my day. <laughs> Was that about right? Know. Just say yes or no. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Bye, Jemmy. Thank you, Jamie. Bye, Bye. Love you, mean it. <laughs> so I can understand she, the people were flooding her. Uh, you know, one of the things I got to say, and I'll say this, I would have said this with her on. but Oh, she, you're going to just go ahead and tell them how great you are. No, I was going to say sure. that I was, I was going to say that there were a thousand podcasters there this weekend. 
And uh, the number of minorities in the audience, first of all, women, we're talking about women power. For the first time, 60% of that audience was women. Uh, so women podcasters. And minorities were huge. So, I, you know, the fact that Jemmy could represent, you know, a, a minority population and be the keynote speaker, she was flooded with, there's a reason she can't talk right now. <laughs> Yay! Plus, the party was loud, and uh, did you have a daiquiri? I might have had a few boy. drinks. I might have even been dancing. Uh, oh Jemmy got Somebody up there and sang. <laughs> Jemmy got up there and sang. It was a dueling piano bar, and they had rented the whole place, and that was a, it. Was a lot of fun. But let's let's go to a song by Katie Drake called "Ready for the Ride." We're going to come back with Leslie. We're going to talk apparently about dating. So uh, that I feel like you and Leslie have a lot to talk about there. <laughs> so my <laughs> husband just walked in, so this will be great. <laughs> yeah, good. Kick him out quick. We'll be right back. Love is always a gamble Love comes with no guarantee Once your heart has made your mind up Hope is all you see I'm not one to hold back I'm not one to shy away I'm the type who will blindly follow All love has to say
Well, that was Katie Drake with Ready for the Ride. You can find all of her music at katiedrake.com. I wanted to do a programming note and tell you that right after Leslie, we're going to have an interview I did with my sister-in-law, who just got off the exact cruise we're taking next year for the Horse Lovers Cruise 2020. I mean, they did the exact itinerary. Everything was the same, same ship, everything. So I got a quick interview with her while she stayed. they stayed here over the weekend. And we're going to play that right after Leslie. So if you're interested in the cruise at all, stay tuned, and you'll hear that interview. She talked about what they did the various ports. And we've had a bunch of people booking cabins. Thank you to you all. I think we've had 10 or 12 cabins booked already. So uh, if you're at all interested, stay tuned. If you're not, then you can cut out after Leslie. Tomorrow we have the Endurance episode with Karen Chatton. But now, Leslie Wiley from Horse and Eventing Nation and all the nations. She's in charge of all nations. She's like the UN. (laughs) Good morning. Morning. How are you, my dear? <laughs> How are you I'm, feeling? Oh, it's, you know, struggle is real. Struggle is real. For those who don't know, how many <laughs> weeks pregnant are you at this point? Uh, 33. 33, 33. and a half. Yep. Yep. And they say yeah. you go to 40. Lord willing, you don't go that long. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm like ready. Like, get this out of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can, uh, I can tell you off the air some things that you can do to kick that but not yet not yet Too early. not yet gonna suffer a little bit more so um we were gonna talk just skip past the part that you're having a kid and i already have a kid and we're gonna t- we're gonna time travel back mm-hmm. to the days where we used to date people <laughs> which thank god i don't do now because i could not handle it. i was watching my brother he's like dating a girl who lives in florida that he hasn't seen in 25 years i'm like how are you dating her we message we text they've never actually even spoken voice phone people just do everything online he's one visitor i don't know i don't get it i don't know i don't know how it works and i'm just glad i don't so let's talk a little bit about an article you guys did on horsenation.com yeah, um, uh, Horse Nation comp- uh, c- contributor um, Allie Duncan uh, sent sent us in this uh, story called "Dating a Horse Girl: The Survival Guide," and it's there's no new. Um, I think there's there's no new ground being covered here. We, but it never. The more of these we have out there, the more we are able to, you know, just kind of like drop a link to. Um, the, the dude that we're dating, or, um, I think there's not enough, uh, good, good advice out there for this, because I don't know about you. How many, how many relationships would you say that horses have, um, ended or interfered with in a, I'll I'll tell you this. (laughs) Wait a minute. She has to take off her shoes to count. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that horses ended any relationships. I think that I ended relationships based on how the guy acted around the horses. Uh-huh. Does that sound oh, fair? Yeah. So yeah. I remember like, I'll, I'll give you like uh, one or two examples. I went to the barn and I was dating this guy and I, I boarded at a really nice facility that ha- actually had a, a parking lot at the top and, par- and like a, asphalt parking lot and then the barn was up on one side and the arena was on the other and he gets out of the car and and he was meeting me there and he gets out of the car and like is wearing white tennis shoes 
first of all, stupid. And then he gets out of the car and he acts like, you know how when you wa- you hold your pants up when you're walking through puddles or something to not get mm-hmm. the bottom of He was walking around on the asphalt parking lot holding his pants up. So he And there was no rain. He just mm-hmm. didn't want to get dirty. And I was like, and we're done. Like, <laughs> you cannot roll up in your little white tennies to a barn and walk around like something's dirty. Uh, you know, I just... Yeah. just accept it uh yeah. that was one and, and another one was i took a boyfriend and this was like a long time boyfriend like i'd been dating him over a year that was a long time for me by the way mm-hmm. um i take him to a horse show and i remember i was doing my show jumping course at a horse trial and i look over while i'm cantering by and he was on his blackberry that was <sighs> Staring at his phone as I was turning around. I was like, and we're done. <laughs> yeah. It would be okay if he was videotaping you with his Blackberry, no, but. Nothing. Oh, uh, um, I've done, may have done that, but I was smart enough to hide it. Uh, so yeah. that she didn't see <laughs> I'm sorry. I have two minutes that I'm going to be in here doing show jumping. It's not like a hunter show where I do 47 jump courses in a day. There's one, and you better damn well pay attention. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. I don't we know. need your I, attention for two, two and a half minutes. Can I You're clarify something here? Were any of the guys actually upset when you broke up with them? Um, devastated because I'm amazing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I remember like the first, the first uh, date that I got asked out on ever um, was um, this guy named Josh Carr. He was super cute. Josh he was in, we was in high school. And, um, and so we like made plans to, you know, go get a, go watch a movie or something. And, um, and I could, and I, and I ended up breaking off the date before we, it even happened because I was just like, listen, like I have too much going on in my life right now. Like I am, horses basically that's it <laughs> and there's just not room for you and the poor guy he was he was he was just confused you know what i mean like uh i just asked you to go see a movie like not go study or get married he didn't ask you or... to go away for a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't even get to the dating part. we didn't even you... get to the date <laughs> you broke up with him before you dated <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that hurts our ego a lot more than even after a couple of dates, I think. It's just like, I don't even rate a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, it, it all works out. I've- oh, my God. You just reminded me of something. I took a guy out to the barn one time, and he was a musician, a sensitive, mm-hmm. like, acoustic guitar playing, you know, musician. And um, I rode the horse, and I look over, and he was crying. And I was like, why are you crying? You like, it's just so, it's just so beautiful and powerful. And I was like, and we're done. <laughs> that went too far in the other direction. <laughs> like, what is the song about it? Okay, don't cry. There's no crying at the barn unless I fall off. <laughs> I'm crying. That's amazing. I wonder what happened to that guy. Oh Have you God. looked him up lately? I know exactly where he is. 
Uh, yeah, I don't want to Facebook stalk Josh Carr right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you know, buddy. And if anybody's friends with her, him, please do not say anything to him about this show. Thank you very much. <laughs> or Leslie. She was not here. You did not hear anything. Let me tell you about the dude. That, his name was Andrew, the one who cried. Do you know uh-huh. that after I broke up with him, he stayed friends with my mom? <laughs> 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 I'm like, Mom, you can't be friends with Andrew. We broke up. He's like, but he's so sweet and he writes me nice letters. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that happened to me too. My girlfriend all through high school, four years through high school. And then she broke up with me. But to the day my parents died, they were best friends and she'd visit. Oh my God. My mom That's left awesome. her stuff in the will and I delivered what? it. I had to deliver wow. it to her, yeah, which was uh, oh like 30 God. years later, but still. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what Josh Carr? Did you Google him? Yeah, I'm not. he's not popping up on Facebook. He was so devastated he left the country. He left the country. He couldn't stand. He couldn't be in the same country as Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy. What happened to you, Josh Joshua Carr? I was looking through this list here. We got all the usuals on here, kind of some that we've talked about before. You'll need to learn horse terms. Uh, You'll Mm. always be raiding around for her. God, that's the truth. Um, Mm. You'll get used to the smell. You know, you do get used to the smell, except in certain situations. So you really notice the smell when you're meeting your your significant other, your girlfriend someplace, and she walks... You get used to the smell where the smell is supposed to be, is what I'm trying to say. But mm-hmm. when she walks into the nice restaurant and she's changed clothes and she still smells like horse, that's when it's out of place and you're not used to it. You know what I find that if I can smell myself, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hmm. Tommy's always pointing out, he's like, he'll like smell my hair and be like, hmm, you maybe your helmet's a little, how long you had that helmet? <laughs> 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 helmets are gross if you do think about a helmet it's pretty gross idea mm, yeah yeah i mean I when you think about it we don't think about having that liner in there for a year you do not know. discourage listeners i'm not i got it i blah 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 <laughs> but it is kind of gross it's like washable liners are cool yeah, getting thing. back to the restaurant where you guys have walked in, and then you say, well, I changed my clothes, and I washed my hair, but you got back in that filthy vehicle that stinks and reeks, and then came to the restaurant. That's where it's coming from. Clean the yeah, car every once in a guilty. while. I, there's nothing I can do about that. Clean well, my damn car. You're a boy. That's your job. <laughs> yep. Does Tommy clean your car? No. No. Is your car just dirty? Yeah, it's just like a <laughs> tack room in there. Oh, I got to ask you, Leslie, are you going to, because now you're going to be a mommy, are you buying a minivan? <laughs> no, but I do have, I have a sensible SUV that I can pull a, a two horse with. And, um, and so that seems good. That seems good enough, right? You can't, yeah. you can't pull a Porsche with a minivan. No, and you, you need a minivan when you start having like multiples, you know, I see, I get it. You hit yeah. the button, the door opens. Everybody get in! Because you're so free. One you can handle. Has yeah. Tommy made the exclamation that if you buy a minivan, I'm leaving? <laughs> He'll be, he would be the first one to buy a minivan. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, this is one that takes some getting used to, number nine. Don't be surprised that she's bruised from head to toe. You know, the mm-hmm. first couple times you see him fall off, it is just horrifying to watch. And then mm-hmm. after they've broken a few things, you kind of get used to it. Um, and it's like, it, you know, you broke something else. I've told this story on the show before. I don't know if Leslie's heard it. I was at work. I actually had a real job at one point. And I actually drove to work and came home, and Jennifer had a cast in her arm. Uh, it was it was my pony in the morning doing chores. She just was leading the ponies out. Some dog, random dog, came to the farm and scared my pony. Pony knocked her over. She put her arm out, broke her arm. She finished feeding in the entire barn, did everything, finished up, drove herself to the hospital, got the cast, drove home, and when I came home that night, she was feeding the horses. That is pretty <laughs> badass. She never called me. She never called me at work. Nothing. I just came home and she had a cast on. <laughs> that's a horse girl have, right there. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. I have to do the thing where oh, I'm sitting down, and this has happened three times, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm sitting down and Chad walks up, and I'm like, "Okay, hey baby, okay, you got to promise me something. You're not gonna freak out. <laughs> Don't freak out." And he's like, "Oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> you said you promised me you're not going to freak out. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, then I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I promise I'm not going to freak out. Okay, um, my foot is broken and I need to go to the. This is a true story. Uh, <laughs> my foot is broken. I need you to drive me to the emergency room because I can't push the gas pedal down because my foot is broken. <laughs> oh, don't you promise god. me you wouldn't freak out?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the broken foot here. <laughs> mm-hmm. and oh, you guys no. too. The other things you, do, the other thing you do, and I'm sure Leslie, you've had this experience with Tommy, is you all of a sudden you're undressing one night in the bedroom and you have this huge black and blue mark. You have this huge black and blue mark, and I'll say, where did the, what did you do? And it's, she's like, I really don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, how could you get a black and blue mark that big on your butt or your leg or your back and not know? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny in the story, she's like, you know, you have to understand that no matter how bad the bruises are, it will never be the horse's fault. He didn't mean it. It was my fault. <laughs> like, it sound, that sounds like an abusive relationship. It does. It is an abusive relationship. <laughs> He's... He's going to change. He's going to change. change. He's getting better. (laughs) We, you know, I could probably make a fortune if I started HA, Horseaholics Anonymous. Uh, 12-step program, did the whole thing. I can make a fortune. I think my favorite line, did you ever see the movie Raising Arizona? This makes me think of you. Um, Yeah, yeah. Raising Arizona a long time ago. uh, They're going to adopt, you know, or steal a baby. And, and hi, is the the guy who who's her husband and he's you know like stealing money and he's just always like getting arrested and all this stuff and she and this is makes me think of you leslie she she looks right up and she goes hi things gonna change when this baby comes <laughs> i say it all the time like chat things gonna change when this baby comes <laughs> so i feel like he could say that to you leslie yeah Things gonna change when this baby comes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That's all the time we have. Thank you, Leslie, for joining us again. We really appreciate it. How many weeks and counting? Uh, thirty-three and a half. 
33 yeah. and a half. Uh, I'm not very good at math. How many weeks left? It's, yeah, and 40 weeks is is Kentucky uh, three-day event. So that's that's how I'm keeping track of it. All right. So when we're all at Kentucky, we're going to get the news. They'll have to announce that over the loudspeaker. We're going to make sure that happens. <laughs> and now on course, we have William Fox, Pitt, and Chili Mo- Oh, excuse me. Breaking news. Leslie Wiley has now had a baby. <laughs> and we know John Kyle real well. We can make sure that happens. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> All right, oh, Leslie. Man, thanks a bunch. You. Talk to you next week. Bye. You can find Bye. that article. It's called Dating a Horse Girl, the Survivor Guide on HorseNation.com. Find it over there. Well, that's it. Jamie's going to bug out on us, but uh, I do have... Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate you being here today. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. And hopefully, you're going to have a baby by then. Oh, my God! I need my baby! (laughs) I'm tired of not sleeping. We better allow enough time for for the baby report, that's for sure. Uh, Although we've been allowing time for the baby report the last couple of days and still haven't had the baby report, so... Uh, hopefully, hopefully. But, I'm milking uh, my horse every night. Do you know how Chad actually said to me, he goes, I guess I've been milking her every night because you do the test strips to see if she's going to deliver because their milk changes and you can tell in this like litmus test thing. And so I milk her and Chad goes, um, don't you think you're milking her an awful lot? And I was like, I milk her every night. He's like, is that weird? Should you be doing that? Is that appropriate? (laughs) Yes. And he didn't know I was testing the milk. He thought, he goes, I mean, I was like, why do you think it's weird that I'm milking you? I'm doing the test strips. We did all this before. And he goes, oh, I thought you were like milking her to like relieve the pressure of her boobs. (laughs) (laughs) They're not boobs, honey. (laughs) And on that note... All right, we're going to go here. Uh, We have an interview coming up with my sister-in-law, Lynn, who just finished the cruise that we're going to be taking next year uh, for the Horse Lovers Cruise. So we're we're going to take a listen to that. We talked to her all about her cruise. So if you're interested in going, take a listen. If not, you can bail out. But if you're at all interested, this was a good interview and is going to make those that have already booked very excited. So let's take a look, listen to Lynn, my sister-in-law. Well, I am with my favorite sister-in-law right now in the studio, actually. Lynn is from Pennsylvania, and she just got off the cruise that we're going to be taking, the exact cruise we're going to be taking next year on the Horse Lovers Cruise. So have you ever been on a cruise before, Lynn? No, this was my husband's and my first cruise ever. And did you do a cruise because I've been posting all these pictures of cruises and... You said, I got to go on a cruise someday? Yeah, that had a lot to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) So now, I know you did a lot of research into this cruise, and you went on the Brilliance of the Seas, and you went on on the exact itinerary we're doing next year. You left on this Monday, come back, did the five night, you did the stops, the whole thing. So uh, let's start at the beginning. So was boarding any problem and is it easy to get to the port and all it's of that? super easy to get to the parking in tampa super easy to get from the parking over to the port it's literally across the street from the garage and the minute you get on the sidewalk in front of the the port the porters take your bag and go off with it and go deal with it and you just go in we sat and waited maybe 15 minutes in the in the port 
terminal. We were on the ship by about 11 o'clock, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, we always recommend people get there a little earlier than it, than their instructions say. Yes. What the instructions that Royal Caribbean will send you will give you a time and they try and spread out everybody. Yeah. But it's always much later than that. Yeah. And yet... You're paying. You might as well get every minute on the ship you can. <laughs> Absolutely. You get there and you have plenty of time to explore, have lunch, and you want to eat lunch early because you're going to get a great dinner and you want to be hungry by dinner time. So don't like eat a late lunch. Don't get to the ship late and eat lunch late and then expect to enjoy that wonderful dinner because you're not going to be hungry yet. And the first dinner when you're on a, a cruise, no matter how many times you've cruised, is I think it's the most fun because it's it's like a new adventure all over again. Yeah. Yeah, the dining room was very elegant. The service was excellent. The food was amazing. And yet, like, you know, you don't have to dress up for it. You you just, you're on vacation and they know that. You're not going to be out of place if you aren't dressed up or if you are dressed up. You won't be out of place either way. And you'll just love it. It's just, it's a, it's the most elegant meal we've ever had, those dinners <laughs> in there. And we loved every one of them. Now, um, you were a first-time cruiser, and a mm-hmm. lot of people are nervous for their first cruise because it's different. It's totally different than doing any other kind of vacation. Yes. Because there's a lot of things you have to know and do and, you know, and organize and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so had you planned your shore excursions and everything ahead of time? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you had told me <clears throat> that some of them sell out. And so I I meant to I booked the cruise last June and we didn't go till March 4th this year and I kept meaning to go on and book them and I didn't and I didn't and I didn't and you said you need to go do that. So about a month before the cruise I went on the Royal Caribbean website and I took couple afternoons and really read through the options and wrote down some notes what sounded interesting and how much they were going to cost. And then I did finally book them about a month ahead. However, I would say that I think in retrospect, what I would do is I would go ahead and book them as early as possible. But then when you get on the ship, there's an excursions desk and you can go talk to them and say, okay, so this is what sounded interesting about this excursion. Uh, what do you think? Because they may, they probably know the excursions pretty well and they may be able to say, well, if what you're interested in is this, you might want to consider this other excursion. And if it's not sold out, you may be able to make some changes. We don't regret the excursions we took at all. And I want to talk about that then, too. I want to talk about which ones you did. So this itinerary has, and a couple of people that were on the last Horse Lovers cruise, we had stops every day. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any sea days. And Mm -hmm. a sea day, for those that don't know cruising, means you don't have any ports of call. You're on the ship all day. It's it's sailing all day. And you hang out in the ship. And a couple of the people right away when we said we have two sea days on this particular cruise, which I picked for that reason, because I love sea days, were were concerned that they would get bored. Did you get bored on sea days? Absolutely not. In fact, Dave said he prefers sea days. He Mm -hmm. really enjoyed those. There is so much to do. Every night, they give you what they call a cruise compass. It's a daily newsletter, and it's in your stateroom by about 6 p.m. for the next day. And it lays out everything. Plus, there's a Royal Caribbean app that you you use, you can log into. And even if you don't purchase the data on the ship, you can still access their Wi-Fi and use this app. And you can go through all the activities and add them to your daily planner so that you can see what you're doing for each day. And we had plenty to do. Uh, You know, we went to different activities. We went to different shows, of course, the meals. Uh, You're also able to just hang out at the pool, go hang out in the hot tub, 
sit on your deck and read a book, you know, go hang out at a bar or at a restaurant or in the, there's like a central area called the centrum. You can hang out there with other people. I mean, there's just, there's no shortage of things to do. You can relax, you can socialize, you can do whatever you want. And that's what, that's why I like sea days. Cause part of the reasons you go on a cruise is, is it's forced relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're really pampered. Yeah. You know, you have a cabin steward that comes in and, and takes care of everything in your, your cabin. You have wonderful service in, in the dining rooms. You basically just are there to just do what you want. You know, now you two aren't big drinkers. So you didn't do the drink package. That's always comes up. The question right. about the drink package. Right. And did you, I mean, go ahead. You may bring on. Uh, two bottles of wine per stateroom. So we did that. However, if you bring those on, you don't want them in your checked baggage when you get to the cruise right. terminal. You want those in your carry-on because if they're in your baggage that you check, they'll confiscate them, apparently. We yeah. didn't have a problem, but that's what we're told. So, and then there's a little refrigerator in the room. We you had, did have a fridge. I was we did. Okay. We did. And it said something to, I think it was like 50 degrees and it's, I forget what the stick, the sign on the door of the fridge said, something like that it wasn't for storing food. However, we stored our wine and our water in it and it was fine. It kept his wine perfectly chilled just fine. And two bottles of wine got him through the entire cruise. So, yeah, we didn't do the drink package because we don't drink enough that it would have paid for itself. You have to drink literally eight to ten drinks a day, which would put me, I'd be over the railing. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, we would too. We'd be sick. (laughs) So so you love the food? Uh, Yeah, all of it. Yeah, in both dining rooms. We mostly ate in the the Windjammer is a, a cafeteria right. style dining room and they have all kinds of things there. They have salad, fruit, uh sandwiches, pizza, dishes of all kinds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, entrees. They have a chef standing there carving fresh meat. I'm just everything that you can imagine. Plenty of options, delicious food. We would eat breakfast and or lunch in there. And actually, some days we did skip lunch because what we would do, we took your advice, we would have, you can fill out a room service card and you can get continental breakfast brought to your room for no charge. If you want like a hot cooked breakfast, you can do that, but they'll charge you $7.95. So we would just have them bring us things like coffee, fruit, a donut, you know, a muffin, and we would sit on our deck and enjoy our coffee. What I call a pre-breakfast. Pre-breakfast or first breakfast, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. We would do that, and then we'd take our showers and get ready to go, depending on what the day schedule was, whether we were getting off the ship or whatever and at what time. And then we'd go have breakfast, real breakfast later on, you know, with there's bacon, sausage, eggs, potatoes, pancakes, French toast, you know, everything you can imagine. We'd go do that in the Windjammer. And if we had, you know, a first breakfast and then a second breakfast later in the morning, which would be a big breakfast, we didn't bother with lunch. You know, we didn't need to. And then, then we'd be good and hungry for dinner. And, you know, when we'd go to dinner, you have your choice of entree or appetizers. You have your choice of entrees and you have your choice of desserts. And some of the choices change every night. Some of them are the same, but your waiters will get to know what you like and they will make suggestions and they'll bring you extras. And, you know, a couple nights I had two desserts. So plenty of options, you know, uh, in the main dining room. So you st- we, one of the stops, so we have a sea day on this cruise, and mm-hmm. uh, as your first day, and then uh, the second day is Key West. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys do in Key West? In Key West, we did the Key West Old Town Trolley Tour, and that has 12 stops, and it's, it's the driver narrates the whole way through. It takes about an hour and a half, and they will tell you all kinds of Key West history, and they'll point out interesting spots along the way. And uh, you'll have a map, you'll have gotten a map the night before, 
and it will lay out, you know, a, a Key West and what's where. And you can get on or off the trolley anytime you want, or you can stay on the whole way through and go around again. And what we did, there wasn't a whole lot we were super interested in doing other than the southernmost point. So what we did was we stayed on the trolley to that stop, which was like nine or 10. And we got off there and we got our, we had our picture taken there by other people and we took their picture and we did wait a little bit for that, but it was okay. Yeah, there was a line at maybe 10, 15 minutes. And there's a little place to shop there, like the old town, the Key West Old Town trolley people have a little shop there. And we went in there and looked at, you know, postcards and key lime goodies and stuff. And then we got back on the trolley and finished the tour. And then when you get back to the port, that's where the port is at most of the Key West stuff to do. So then we just walked around for a few hours and did some more shopping, got some key lime pie. Dave got some homemade ice cream. We took lots of pictures uh, of Key West, of the ship, you know. Uh, it, we filled most of the day. We got there about 11 o'clock, and we didn't get back on the ship until about 4.30. So you missed the one part that most of our people did, is the bar hopping all yeah. day. Yeah. We didn't, but we did go into <laughs> some of the bars. There was one, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one I think Hemingway was, it was mm-hmm. Smoky Joe's yes, or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, we went in there. Uh, we didn't do anything because we, we didn't buy lunch awesome. and we didn't drink. And there, it's amazing how packed bars can be in oh, the middle of the day. Yeah, it was standing room only. It was <laughs> so maybe those cruise ships. <laughs> one, two o'clock in the afternoon. It was standing room only. Yeah. Well, that's fun. And there, there are so many things you can do in Key West. There's other objects of snorkeling. You can do boat things. You can do a whole bunch of other things in yeah. Key West. Yeah. So then, uh, then it was off to Cozumel. Yeah. And what did you do in Cozumel? In Cozumel, we did a Mayan ruins island tour and beach excursion. And in Cozumel, we docked, we, we stopped at about eight o'clock and got off the ship and had to meet our excursion at 8.15. The excursion only took four and a half hours, but we didn't have to be back on the ship until 5.30. So. Mayan ruins. We went to San, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. I think it was San Gervasio, which is the largest Mayan ruin on the island of Cozumel. We had a guided tour of that with, you know, a little earphone thing so that the guy could talk to all of us and we could all hear him. We did that. And it's not a huge Mayan ruin, but it was interesting. Uh, we went there and then they drove us around the island some. You got to see some of the beautiful Caribbean coast. And then they took us to a beach and there was a restaurant at the beach. We did not buy food at the beach, but the food looked and smelled amazing. They had fajitos, tacos, things like that. Uh, but we just pretty much like we took our swimsuits and sunscreen and we, we walked around the beach and took pictures and I laid out and Dave sat in the shade and read his Kindle. <laughs> and, uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. And then when we got back to Cozumel, again, similar to Key West, you, where the port is, that's pretty much where the majority of the shopping and activities are. So when we got back from our excursion at about one o'clock, I believe it was, we hooked up with another couple also from Pennsylvania, by the way, that, uh, had been on the excursion and we ran around and shopped and, and took pictures and did some sightseeing. Again, got back on the ship about 4.30, quarter to five. Uh, so there are Mayan ruins on the mainland called Chichen Itza. Which, which are much bigger. Yeah, yeah. they're much bigger. But it's a ways, isn't it? It's, it's a, a long way. You yeah. have to take, it's more expensive, more expensive excursion. And you have to take a ferry from the island of Cozumel over to the mainland, which is about a 45 minute ferry ride. I guess bus, for the whole right? thing. Yeah. And it takes the whole day to yeah. get the ferry over there, do those, the Chichen Itza ruins, and then come back on the ferry. Uh, 
But if we ever go to Cozumel or Cancun, we will do the Chichen Itza ruins. That was like $140 or something, but it sounds like it would be well worth it. So, And you can do it from this excursion, but it will take a lot more of the day. It won't allow you any shopping in Cozumel. Very little anyway. So we're looking at doing, because we've been to Cozumel before too, we're looking, and we did the shopping thing and all of that. Yeah. So we're looking at doing the dune buggy tour. Yeah. You said you saw dune buggies all over the place. We did. And Dave said he wished we had done that too. (laughs) And I forget, I have the brochure here for the excursions. There's something else with that. I think it's dune buggy and beach or something to that effect. Most... Most most do involve the beaches. Yeah. <laughs> Dune buggy, snorkel, and beach is there what it go. is. And it's only a half-day excursion, and it's currently only $62. Yeah. By the way, booking your excursions online ahead of time, you save a little money. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 10 15% yeah. usually. So, all right. So, then you did a sea day back, and then yeah. you were back in Tampa. Uh, so, and you saw you saw the shows at night. You did the whole thing. Yeah. You really did. So, this is... We're talking about group cruises here. So, you know, we're trying to promote the Horse Lovers Cruise. And I asked you last night, I said, do you think it would be fun going with a whole group of people you knew and eating dinner together every night and stuff? And what was your answer? Absolutely. Yeah. Now that you've been there alone. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love to travel with my husband. We love to travel together and that's fine, but it's fun to travel with groups too. And I think that would be a blast. Uh, You would... Um, you would never run out of things to do. You can do what you want or not do what you don't want. I think it would be a lot of fun. Well, there you go. Lynn said it. Sign yeah. up for the cruise now, horseloverscruise.com, all the details. We have a bunch of cabins booking already, so you'll want to get your email off to Michelle at MEI Travel as soon as possible. She'll she'll get you the exact quotes, and she'll talk you through the whole thing. If you have any questions, if you're a first-time cruiser, let me ask you this. As a first-time cruiser... Going on a group probably would have made it even more, even easier, right? As you're guided through the whole thing. Yeah, I think it would have because then you have people with you that likely have done it before and know what to look for, what to ask, what to do. So, yeah, and eating dinner together every night was one of my favorite things. Actually, it was everybody's favorite thing that we did because you got to talk about what you did for the day and you just all got. Your friends. So you all got to get together every night. You become instant friends on a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to say, too, if you think, oh, you know, the shows, that sounds kind of stupid or boring. I don't know if I'll enjoy that. Don't worry about that. We didn't think we would. We weren't really sure, but we were willing to give it a try. They're awesome. They're, they're very talented. They're, very, there's a lot of humor. The, sh- the cruise director is sort of the MC at a lot of these events. And Enzo is the cruise director on this ship currently. And he's a riot. Uh, it, those, the shows and the games and things, the trivia nights, all that stuff was so much fun. I have heard my la- husband laugh more on this cruise, really good, serious belly laughs more than I've heard him in ages. He, we really enjoyed a lot of it. Horseloverscruise.com. Sign up today. Join us. Well, that was our sister-in-law, Lynn. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. We look forward to having you back tomorrow for the endurance episode here on Horses in the Morning. And we also look forward to having you join us on the cruise. And that was horseloverscruise.com again for all the details. And you can just write to Michelle and she'll answer any questions and get you quotes and get you set up to join us. It's only a $100 deposit. And then the rest has to be paid by November to, to join us on the cruise. So thank you. We'll see you tomorrow morning for horses in the morning, and we will have Karen for the endurance episode.